Okay, okay. Welcome back to another episode of my podcast, A Lyrical Journey. I am your host, Hattie B. You can find me on all social media platforms at Hattie B underscore writing. And if you tuned in to the last episode where I talk about I need a guide, I said that there were two things that I uh did for Tamela Trail, who has agreed to mentor me for the for six months starting in August. Um, the second thing that I did outside of the little song that I had was I wanted to read her something that I wrote because during her lives, after the George Floyd murder and everything happening and the state that we were in and that we still are in because racial injustice happens all the time, just all the time. And it was such an emotional week, that first week for me. And it's been, you know, a roller coaster of things just because throughout my life, this isn't new to black people. I mean, for me, especially, I, I won't say especially, but like, in my life, I've seen a lot, you know, so it just felt so crazy and so scary that that people could kneel on this man and that someone could be on his on this man's neck. OK, a police officer, somebody that is paid to serve and protect the people Um and abuses that uniform and that privilege and that opportunity to serve and protect and just outright murder somebody. You know what I mean? Like, I know it has been happening for years. If you go back through any era of music and black people are talking, they've talked about police brutality. I mean, there's really no era that you can go to of music where there isn't um, abuse of authority toward black people. I mean, it's crazy. But Tammy Latrell was actually talking about it at the top of one of her Friday night lives. And she was emotional. And it just hit me because I was emotional and, and still am. And because I have a black son, it just even hit me harder because that man cried out for his mother. You know? And I was just... I mean, I was so broken, and thinking about it now is getting me a little emotional, you know, and I don't want to get choked up, but I just was thinking about my son crying for me and me not be able to be there, you know, and me not be able to protect him, and right now my son's two years old, so that really hurt, like, a lot, and not to say that any of the other deaths didn't hurt. That one being so blatant and so disrespectful in the manner in which he kneeled on his neck and to see his life literally fade from him, to see that, you know, it was just so intense and so in your face. And it was still, and and it hurt even more. It was like literally pouring salt into the wound of people and their ignorance of, you know, not understanding that the two is implied Okay, the two is implied when people say black lives matter. The two is implied. And I don't understand how anybody doesn't see that, that there is a gross difference in how 
black people are treated versus, you know, their white counterparts in when it comes to the justice system and all the things that fall under that. But anyway, I perform I read her the piece that I wrote called The Color of My Tears. And um this was the piece that I wrote in you know, with all that's going on. So it's called The Color of My Tears. Killing blacks with black guns, milk white hands holding cold black handles, families on site lighting ivory candles under midnight blues and bone white moons, another life that didn't make the late night news. And still, I wake up to a video of a million views of another black life gone too soon, all because he had a chestnut hue, his ebony can't be soothed, seeing only in red. No cops caught for another black man dead on a cop's watch while other cops watch what bystanders caught on camera, and I just can't stand it. They feed us the standard, perpetuating their false narrative. Like, what weapon was he suspected of holding with his hands in the air? Obsidians gathered in prayer, shedding tears for a life that could have been spared. Their vision's impaired. Now the whole world finally hears. A russet skin has no chance in outrunning the bullets of a pale skin's gun when his gold badge is showing. And some still can't stomach the truth. At this point, they just simply refuse. But for us, it ain't new. Been gunning us down in every hue, from the lightest of beige to the jettest of blacks, back when they were flooding our communities with quack, crack and way, way before that. Brown faces been pressed firmly against all color pavement. And it's the same old saying, like shit never changes. I get tired of complaining, tired of the hashtags, tired of the black lives lost, tired of the things we have to do to not get shot. When there's two things we can't escape, the color of our skin and the fear that exists in the mind of the person holding a gun. And it shouldn't be that we have to educate them or that we have to be taught to keep our wits about us in the most scary and hostile of situations. Yet here we are with our patience in the midst of our fears, all while holding back the pain of our tears. And that was the piece that I wrote um, with everything that I was feeling and I read it to her for two reasons the first one like I said being that we were showing the same emotion and the things that she was saying was on point with the things that I was feeling and what I had said in in another piece that I wrote and I just thought I don't know that she would like to hear it <laughs> so that's why I read it to her um and also so she can, you know, see that I, I do write, even if it's not in a, you know, a song form, but also to see that. But um, it, it was definitely a big deal, you know, and I'm not going to make this all sad. It's just I want to be real with how I felt and how I'm feeling and that is going on right now in the world. The Black Lives Matter movement has been and is essential to the undevelopment of uh, systemic racism. We need to change where, you know, the direction in which we're headed or we were headed. Um, and I'm here, you know. I'm definitely paying attention and doing what I can do um, and doing what I feel 
is the right thing to do and also not letting anybody try to make me feel like any of the things that I'm doing are less than even if I'm not doing something that they think I should do. You know, I feel that I have responsibilities and I have children and I have, I'm always going to be black. <laughs> you know, I'm always going to be black. There's nothing I can do to change it. And frankly, there's nothing I would do to change it. I love being black. I love my skin. Now, I may not like, you know, my weight. Okay. That's a whole nother kind of episode. But <laughs> um, I do. I love my skin and I love that I'm black and I love that my children are black and I don't think that we should have to live in fear because of our skin like that even saying it out loud is crazy but that was the second thing that I did during the consultation and maybe that was the part that you know nabbed the the mentorship that she she even said that I was a great writer and she put me on to Rucker. I can't remember the first name right now, but I did end up following her. I started a Twitter account just to follow her um, as she, you know, suggested that I do. And so that's what I did. Um, she suggested that I follow this other poet on Twitter and I didn't have a Twitter account. So I started one so I could follow her. But, um, yeah, so that was that piece um, called The Color of My Tears. And if y'all want, I will put it out somewhere else. I have I've performed it live on a on a Instagram live on an open mic. I think I did it twice, two different ones, but I'll probably perform it again. Or record it and put it on my Instagram so that it's accessible if anybody wants to hear it again or whatnot. So I thank y'all for listening to my podcast. And sorry I left this little tidbit out in the other episode, but this was the second thing that I did. I performed The Color of My Tears for Tamula Trail to gain my mentorship that starts in August and is for six months. <laughs>